Hi, I'm Debbie Harbeck, and I'm a certified life coach working with women in midlife and through the menopause transition. So each week, I'll be sharing the latest information, inspiration, and generate some momentum so you can move forward and feel more in control of your changing midlife body and your life. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to the Midlife Momentum Podcast. I am so happy you're here today to join me because today we're talking all about hormones. So yes, today's episode might be a little bit sciencey, but I think we need to know about our hormones, especially in this time of our lives as our hormones are changing. So we need to understand what's going on and how that impacts our bodies and our minds. I'm just putting in a little disclaimer here. I'm not a doctor or a medical professional, so please seek any medical advice you think you need regarding perimenopause or anything else that you happen to be concerned about. I'm remembering when I first found out this information all about hormones and it really opened my eyes because what it helped me do was realize that I do have some control over how I age and how I go into this whole menopause transition. And it also helped me realize that I don't have to blame everything on my hormones (laughs) because although they do affect how we feel, they do affect our emotions, they affect what's going on in our physical bodies. And I know it can feel like they're just happening to us, but I want to offer in this episode is that there are things you can do to affect your hormones. You do have more control than you probably think you do. So today I'm talking about four hormones plus another that I'll mention at the end of the episode that I think every woman over 40 should know about and what you can do to gain some control regarding these hormones so you can feel better through not just perimenopause, but actually increase your chances of staying healthier as you age. So I invite you to share this episode with a woman over 40 who is likely about to go through perimenopause. The more we know, the better and healthier we can be going through this transition and even into older age. I also want to address something you might hear over the internet a lot about balancing your hormones, especially when it comes to this time of life, perimenopause and menopause. And in reality, there's no real way to balance your hormones because hormones in perimenopause, those are our female hormones in particular, are up and down and they do affect all the other hormones in our body. But what we can do is positively impact some of these hormones through small lifestyle changes, changing our habits, so that you can increase the chances of better health outcomes. And of course, again, a smoother transition into menopause. And I think we would all love that. So let's get to it. As I usually do when I talk about hormones, I start with stress because I think stress is when we don't think of as much and yet it can truly make or break your transition into menopause and as you age. And the stress hormone I'm talking about is cortisol. So when you're stressed, your adrenal glands, which are located on top of your kidneys, they release a hormone called cortisol. And by stressed, I don't just mean occasional stress, like the stress you have before performing or giving a speech in front of an audience or walking down the aisle. What I mean is the stress caused by negative emotions, stress that is is there a lot of the time. And it could be things like overwhelm, anxiety, fear, anger, 
and even depression. These can be feelings that are there chronically, meaning they're there a lot of the time. And that can cause cortisol to be a problem because that means cortisol is present a lot of the time. And to be honest, we live in an overstimulating and overbusy life right now. So many of us are living like this. And I think for most of us, we do have a chronic stress problem. And our biology, your biology, my biology, it's based on old technology and it's slow to change. It takes a while to change our biology over time. But that technology has served a purpose because it's been really useful up until now. However, our environment, meaning the way we do life, is changing at such a fast pace that our bodies haven't yet caught up. They haven't adapted to what's going on outside. So your technology right now takes stress to mean that you're in immediate danger, like you're about to be eaten by a bear. That's when your adrenal glands release cortisol. And what cortisol does is amazing. Cortisol allows more sugar or energy to be released into your blood so you have instant energy to run from danger. But if there's no bear or any other life-threatening danger, then that's when you get into trouble. And most of the time that is the case. So basically cortisol has taken all your energy and put it towards your muscles so you can run away. And this means that there's very little energy left for other bodily functions to work efficiently. Your immune system, your thyroid, the release of melatonin to help you sleep, the release of growth hormones to renew your cells. These and, and many others are all now working at less than optimal capacity. And this is what happened to me a few years ago when I was chronically stressed, although I didn't realize it, and my digestive system started to go wonky with unexplained acid reflux. I tried many things over three months. I went to my doctor, she prescribed things even. Finally, nothing worked until the stress went away. And at the time, the stress was related to a job that I had, and I didn't know that could be causing my acid reflux until that job no longer was in my life. And it was then that my body was able to return to some sort of stability and it got back to the work of taking care of me and the acid reflux just disappeared. And I don't know what would have happened had I continued down that path, but I'm so grateful that I figured this out and that I've been able to take that information and not go back there. This whole situation has just really strengthened my belief that we've got to manage or delete stress as a priority in our lives. So I want to leave cortisol there where, where it is, and I'm going to turn our attention to the next or second hormone, which is insulin. Insulin is a hormone produced by your pancreas to allow your brain and your muscles and other working cells to take in sugar, which is food or energy for your cells. You need insulin. It's like the shuttle bus that transports nourishment from your blood to your cells. And this nourishment or sugar is either used immediately as fuel, like for when you're working out, or it's stored as glycogen in your muscles and liver for when you need it at a future time. But that storage space is limited, and when it's full, the rest of that glucose gets stored as fat. So when you eat a sugary treat or a meal that is fast food or processed food, your pancreas will pump out insulin at a higher rate because you have more sugar in your blood. This is what we call or can lead to an insulin spike. 
And as we saw with cortisol, stress can also cause your insulin production to increase because you have more glucose in your blood to help you run from danger. So when insulin increases or spikes, it actually causes you to even crave more sugar. And over time, inhibits another hormone, which I'm not going to go into right now, but there's a hormone called leptin, which helps you to feel full, so it tells you to stop eating. Well, that actually becomes compromised when your insulin is spiking too often. So here's the vicious cycle. Number one, you eat a sugary or processed food or drink and or you're stressed. Two, your blood sugar increases or spikes and in turn, your insulin does the same. Three, insulin shuttles the sugar where it's needed, but any excess sugar is stored by insulin as fat. And in particular, that fat happens to be around your middle. Four, the spike in insulin causes you to crave more sugar and feel more hungry. And five, you become more likely to overeat sugary processed foods and the cycle just begins again. And it, it is a vicious cycle. And if you continue to let this cycle run over again through the years, your cells will likely become insulin resistant, meaning they won't accept insulin, which allows you to receive energy or sugar that they need. So that could lead to many issues, including type 2 diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, and something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which we are hearing more and more of these days. However, there's a lot you can do to avoid getting to this place, and it doesn't involve medication. It involves lifestyle changes. But before I go in there, of course, I'm going to bring up the two big hormones, which are the stars of this hormone show, which are estrogen and progesterone. So you may know these as the two female hormones, even though men also have them, but in much smaller amounts. So they're created mostly in your ovaries when you're premenopausal and into perimenopause, but they're also manufactured in smaller amounts in your adrenal glands that we mentioned before, those glands that are above your kidneys. Estrogen and progesterone working together, what they do premenopause is that they regulate your period and they support pregnancy, right? And they also provide you with many health benefits at that time too. They increase your insulin sensitivity, which is the opposite of insulin resistance. And they also help temper the amount of cortisol released when you're stressed. So having these two female hormones in such large quantities is very beneficial to us pre-menopause. But things change when you go into perimenopause and then into menopause. So at that time, both estrogen and progesterone levels become erratic at first and begin to decline because the ovaries slow down and eventually almost stop the production of them altogether. And that makes you more susceptible to the effects of cortisol and insulin. Meaning all of a sudden, although you haven't changed your lifestyle at all, your body is responding differently. Your mind and memory seem off and you just don't feel like yourself. It's the change in these two hormones that causes the symptoms of perimenopause, like hot flashes, migraines, sleep, and digestive issues, and so forth. And in addition, there's another thing that may be happening, that although both estrogen and progesterone are declining, the ratio of estrogen to progesterone can become unbalanced. 
because estrogen can be found in many other places like the environment and the foods that you eat. And you may end up with a situation where estrogen is very high compared to progesterone. And that's called estrogen dominance. Most women in menopause will end up with estrogen dominance. What happens here is that although the ovaries have mostly stopped producing estrogen and progesterone, they're still being produced in the adrenal glands, as I mentioned. But in addition, estrogen's also being produced by your fat cells, and it's also maybe not being metabolized and excreted by your liver if you consume a lot of alcohol or coffee or various medications or fast foods. And it's also being mimicked by compounds called xenoestrogens. And these xenoestrogens can be found in plastics and pesticides and herbicides. So the result is you have this much higher ratio of estrogen compared to progesterone. And with that, more cortisol gets released, increasing the production of insulin and increasing your chances of conditions like uterine fibroids and breast cancer, as well as other gynecological cancers and endometriosis and more. So there are dangers to estrogen dominance, but there's good news. You can affect your hormones. You can do things that prevent excess cortisol and insulin resistance and estrogen dominance. Your lifestyle choices can change the way these hormones operate in your body. And there are three simple things you can do to positively impact your hormones and feel better. And the first one is around stress. If you reduce stress or remove certain stressors from your life altogether, you'll decrease the cortisol released into your body and you'll decrease in turn the insulin released and you'll decrease your risk of all those diseases like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and certain cancers. In other words, if you become more willing to let go of things that you don't want or need and find ways of processing your emotions, you can have a healthier body. Now I talk about stress release much more in detail in episode four of this podcast. So I do recommend you go back and listen to that. But just for simplicity, I'll mention a few things here that you can do. So I suggest finding just a few minutes each day for something you find calming or mindful, something that gets you out of your head and helps you see the bigger picture. Things like focused breathing or meditation or yoga, walks outdoors, all these things can be great for reducing your stress. And you can also make sure you get enough good quality sleep. And that will also help regulate that cortisol and melatonin cycle called your circadian rhythm so that you sleep better and you actually decrease your stress. The second thing you can do is exercise daily. And I say daily, moving every day. And it doesn't even have to be what we consider exercise. I call it movement. Moving every day will not only lift your fitness and your mood, it will also help reduce your cortisol and make your cells more insulin sensitive and less insulin resistant. Different kinds of movements have different benefits, but most movement is good, albeit I'll say that don't do too much intense, stressful movement. Go for things that are more moderate and even slow movement can be fantastic. So start with 10 or 15 minutes a day. That's really all you need to make a significant difference at first. 
And finally, the third thing you can do is to choose to eat whole foods most of the time. So when you eat food in its natural state, your digestive system needs to do work to digest it. And that's a good thing because the more work involved in digesting your food, meaning the more time it takes for you to digest, the more steadily insulin will be produced. So that means less insulin spikes. On the other hand, if you go for sugary or processed foods that are very fast to digest, they can cause insulin to increase or spike. So choose whole foods most of the time. Whole foods like fresh or frozen vegetables, fruits, legumes, nuts and seeds, lean meats, eggs, and whole grains, these are all great choices. I've gone into the four hormones you need to know, cortisol, insulin, estrogen, and progesterone, and I briefly mentioned leptin, which is the hormone that helps you know when you're full, but I also want to address another hormone called TSH, or thyroid stimulating hormone, which is released by your thyroid gland. So up to 25% of women who are perimenopausal or menopausal have issues with this hormone, meaning they have issues with their thyroid because the thyroid isn't releasing enough thyroid hormone. And that can cause you to feel tired, to gain weight, to have dry skin, and even can cause depression. So although it may feel like you're just having perimenopausal symptoms, you may in fact be having issues with your thyroid. So I do encourage you to get this one checked out if you're over 40. And I'll talk more about the thyroid, specifically in a future episode, because it is significant. Now, you've got all this information that I've just given you. It's up to you to decide how you're going to use it. What I hope is that you choose a small change you can start on today. It could be breathing consciously for two minutes, or getting to bed 30 minutes earlier, or eating a whole fruit instead of a granola bar, or making an appointment with your doctor to check out any concerns that you have. Whatever you choose to do, no matter how small, it will make a difference because small changes add up to big and lasting results over time. So with that, I want to thank you for listening to this episode today. I'm so grateful you chose to join me. And if you really enjoyed this episode, and if you learned something in this episode, I'd love you to rate it on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're using to listen. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back next week with a fresh new episode. Keep moving forward and bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. If you want to learn more about working with me, come visit me at debbieharbeckcoaching.com. That's Debbie, I-E, Harbeck with a C, coaching.com. See you next week.